oh my gosh like those aunties who at parties are just like gossiping and like being like you know dirty on the low like being like mm, Kalani you're getting like chubby it's like they're living their lives like there's no shame behind that they're just being like you're you're chubby and and although that like is kind of damaging <laughs> um for for uh Filipino youth mm-hmm. I think taking and welcome back to Reclaiming Filipinx Identity Season 2, Episode 2. Today's episode is brought to you by Anchor FM. And today, I have the pleasure of interviewing one of our Elocano 200 class. Um, his name is Ray Pasquale. And yeah, I... I'm so excited for you guys to hear his story, hear his narrative, especially being Filipino-American and what was it like to take Ilocano class. And a little side note, I have asked our guest Ray if he could introduce himself in Ilocano. So yeah, he'll be speaking in Ilocano for only a little bit like 30 seconds and then the rest of this interview is conducted in English. So. I'm excited for you guys to meet him and let us continue the rest of the episode. At first, I just um, want to say thank you for allowing me to capture your story here today at Reclaiming Filipino Identity. Today, I have Ray Pasqual. Yeah. My first um, question. Oh. Should I introduce myself? <laughs> I'll give oh, you a cue. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. My my first question for you today is in your own words and in Ilocano, who is Ray Pasquale and what do you do? Okay. Um so Tinagunko Ray Pasquale, a lot of the course psychology, um Ijai UH Manila, the gender pronouns ko he him, kid uh the generation called second generation um and so like what do i do well right now i'm just a student and i'm in quarantine and like doing all the things at home i can do to keep myself occupied um because we are in the middle of a pandemic which is a very interesting thing to be experiencing um is that uh i am small that is very expected i'm five six and um wish i knew more about filipino culture which is uh something that i'm actively um doing at the moment i guess because i did i am taking my first uh formal filipino class this semester yeah and um and that means like that means also just like paying attention to um the stories that my family says i know that like i've been told stories all my life and blah 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 but i've always kind of just listened to them um 
passively and not actively. And also that, that's also because I don't fully understand everything that they say to me, uh, my elders, my aunties, my uncles, when I'm, um, when they're talk, talking story with each other or even with me. Because um, they're not too sure how much I understand. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the stuff I've learned or like a lot of the language and way I kind of construct the Filipino language in my mind is is through gossip. Like I, there, a lot of the words are just, I've learned because my parents never sat me down and was like, up, like this word means up. And baba means to go down. They were just like, you know, point down and say baba. And then, I don't know, like, yeah, it's weird. Like the basic um, commands. Yeah. <laughs> Just, and I, I'm not, and and obviously I'm not. It's not really expected anyway to um, to formally teach your child Ilocano at home on your own because I've never heard or Tagalog or either because I've never heard anyone actually doing that or ever had had a story where people were like. Oh yeah, my mom and dad sat me down after school or like in the car while going to school and like had a tape in the car that like would say like uh like that's my only my only example uh down you know like when you're like learning a new language and kind of and let it let it teach you I never really had that except my version was like my dad listening to I think it's KISS. KISS. The Is Filipino that a, station here. Oh, yeah. Never heard of that. Oh no. It's one. It's, oh, it's in the AM station. Yeah. yeah. What is that station called? There's KPHI, K, KNDI, KPRP. Yeah, KNDI. Yeah. KNDI. Honolulu. That's the only part of the whole radio show I'd understand, and then mm-hmm. just driving anywhere. But yeah, just driving anywhere, I'd I'd be like, okay, this person is speaking in Ilocano or Tagalog, and I think Candy is Ilocano. It's Ilocano. Yeah. So I'd, I'd just be like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's really interesting because like when we think about like learning our language, uh, learning the language of our ancestors, our parents, they don't really sit down and take the time to teach us. It's just like, they usually ask, why are you learning it? And like, you have other things to learn. Why do you have, why do you have to learn our language kind of a thing? Or what I've been getting from a lot of people. Yeah, and it's like when you start, when you whip it out, like mm-hmm. at, like maybe, I don't know, after church, after people are like gathering and they're like talking about what they're going to do after, because that's like a familiar situation to me. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Giacomo, Kayat, Aki, I don't know, go somewhere, like Zippies or something. They're like, oh, wow, like, oh, look at this kid. When it's like, oh, but why are you so surprised? Like, I'm 18, you know, and not that I'm 18 now, I'm actually 22 now. But um, they're like, oh, wow. But it's like, I, 
I, those are really like three-year-old Ilocano kids can say that. Like I'm illiterate mostly. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I'm, I feel like I'm mostly illiterate, even though I know a lot. If I can get what you're saying, that you feel like the language that you know now, it's not as much as those you hear from like a five-year-old trying to speak, and then they're so fluent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, like, that. yeah, and then like they'll just um, act surprised mm-hmm. if if I were to start speaking mm-hmm. in that simple language. No matter how simple, which is really interesting because I feel like I should be able to speak more. That kind of like brings into like the topic where um, we have been like, I recently had with someone, especially like many people in like our age, like 20s. Sometimes they feel shame learning our language because we're speaking Ilocano because they know that they can't really speak well and because they know that they try not to because you're afraid of like saying the wrong words or making fun or embarrassing yourself but someone told me that and I know that it's, it's okay if you mess up when trying to say Ilocano or trying to say Tagalog or any other Filipino languages because it's the thing that you're trying and like our family on the other end, like even if they make comments and tell you like, oh, you can speak, wow. Um, I didn't know that. Like you can just say, yeah, I'm learning. And you can just give yourself a pat on the back because you're you're actively having that um, excitement and like learning it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, I mean like I, I don't know if because I'm so far away from my childhood or like transitioning into adulthood that I, my memories are like compartmentalizing itself and not remembering my childhood and like focusing on on my adulthood more. But I don't really remember being embarrassed growing up about growing up um, and trying to speak Ilocano because Partially, I think Hawaii has a really interesting race dynamic. Like, I don't know, I, I went to a church and all of the people in the church were Filipino and I went to school. Like my whole, I lived basically in a bubble. Like, and I never really felt um, like ostracized. Because um, Filipinos but, are everywhere. Yeah, in Hawaii and, and I have always had like the want to speak Ilocano. Um, I just never had the want. the it, The want for it was never as great as my want to like learn French, which switched because I was taking classes for French um, prior to taking Ilocano. Because I, so I did take, I did take a break. I don't know. Did we mention that? In yeah, the, you did. In the recording. Okay, okay. Yeah. I did take a break from school, um, and my 
language requirements were something that I had to fulfill. And um, French was the class that I had taken before the break. So I had taken all three semesters of French, and my last class was for my language requirement was going to be French 202. But I went into the class, and I was like, um, the professor's like talking to me, and I'm like, I, I lost everything. Like my whole, the last time I was in a classroom, which was in 2017. I had lost everything. Like I didn't know what this man was saying, and also my ideas of what I really valued had changed also by then. So I was like, "Why am I in this French class? I don't even like as much as I do, as much as I like to learn the language of love or whatever. I love to learn more in this moment the language of my homeland and my." Parents and my and the people that um, and just like a language that is closer, much more closer to my history than French was. So um, yeah, I was I was just so yeah, and and the and it's it's kind of embarrassed. Well, now I'm guess I guess I'm kind of embarrassed. But in that year and a half, can I? Okay, so I did take. So I took a break from school, and then I had moved away a little bit, and I had moved to go to um, to live in California. And in California, the the Filipino culture is really different, all uh, different, so much more different than Hawaii, because there's just more people there, and also. Um, the ratio to Ilocano to Tagalog is also different, I think, because I think Hawaii is like a weird, or Oahu. My experience of Oahu is just that there's more people who speak Ilocano in Oahu, or maybe that's well, just me being skewed. No, uh, well, Hawaii is more Ilocano. There's more Ilocanos compared to California, which is more Tagalog represented. Okay. Yeah. So I went to. So I went to California and did that for like a year and almost close to two years, and then came back. Um, and when I was there, I realized that like one, I not that I actively had tried to separate myself from Ilocano culture or Filipino culture in general, because I didn't. But in that span of time, I had realized I'm very whitewashed, and it wasn't a comfortable feeling、um, to be so confused. Now that I was in a new place and not have like anyone that I really、um, was tied to, like who. Now that I was in a new place, I didn't have anything to tie myself. To that felt familiar, except my own body, my own personhood. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm like super whitewashed, and I feel really bad." And that's when that whole, or this whole reclaiming my identity thing happened for me.、Um, it wasn't that the whole reclaiming, or the aspect, or that whole aspect of my identity was very neglected for a long time because it was just something that I never really paid attention to. I paid attention to other parts of me that 
um, were much felt much more pressing to me, which was um, I guess. Oh, I've never really done a podcast before, but I guess it's also just no um, really interesting to kind of just talk yeah. and think about like, oh, people are gonna hear this, and also we only corresponded like a little um, back and forth right before this. Like about the entire when you fell very white. Is it more like you had an entire culture shock when when you went to California? Did I have a culture shock? Yeah. Oh yeah, because um, I think so the part where you said when you went to California for your visit, that's where you like you felt your identity kind of shifting. Kind of had the sense of culture culture shock because you're like trying to decide like what what is this kind of a thing like. It's different in Hawaii. It's different in California. So what am I? Kind of a thing. You can correct me. So I did have culture shock because I don't know. I think Hawaii is much more nicer, and I think everyone knows that. Um, it's like Hawaii is really a paradise. Like it feels so much different than mainland culture. Um, that and so and that would be like on top of me interacting with Tagalog people because I worked at a <laughs> for a while. I had worked at a seafood city. So I had come across like a lot of Tagalog-speaking Filipinos, and um, there's also just shoppers who frequented Asian markets more than I had ever done in my life, or more than I. Well, I feel like also though, every grocery store here is an Asian supermarket. Because when I lived over there, it's like where we only get like one shelf of. And then in the neighborhood that I had lived in, I was like, oh, we only get one shelf here in this grocery store. But then, like, in a safe way here, like downtown, there's like the whole aisle is food. But um, yeah, I had talked to. I was like, a, I had worked with these Tagalog speakers, elders. And I would always constantly like be taking kind of like I worked in the customer service area, um, not really necessarily like customer service, like returning receipts and stuff. But I worked with um, people giving me orders, like for fish, because I I was the person that weighed fish. I'm like I'm like not wanting to reveal that I was the person that um, deals with dealt with fish. That's why I'm like taking such a long time to reveal it, but. I was a person who did take the orders for fish, and you have you been to Seafood City? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or or even like Tamashiro Market. Tamashiro. Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird to have people look at my face and then automatically start talking um, Tagalog to me and like expect me to understand, although. That was the place for um, people for Tagalog speaking to feel comfortable to to speak in Tagalog or um, something like that. So we were both in the right place. Like I was, we're both where we needed to be, but also I just felt out of place because, like, I'm like I'm I'm not supposed to have this job. 
<laughs> like these people are speaking Tagalog to me, but I don't understand them. And by the end of the job, I did end up learning uh, like numbers in Tagalog because for that job, they tell you how to cut up the fish, and I'm like, okay, six pieces, which is I think it's like anim or like anim six. Yeah, anim Tagalog. Yeah. yeah. So in Tagalog, I learned up to count up until six, which was. I don't know if this is. I'm actually not going to reveal myself and like embarrass myself and t- try to do it. Um, no worries. But no pressure. It was a culture shock, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I got to experience it. Um, I think a lot of people in in my social circle here in Hawaii. Uh, I don't know. I haven't surrounded myself a lot with people who wanted to reclaim their identity um, as much as I wanted want to do now, and I kind of want to do that more. So, so also like um, just taking the class for Elo Two Hundred Two and being in, and also that in, uh, leading to this podcast. I think it's it's really helping me in like my personal growth. Um, yeah. Full like foray. Not that it just. I don't know. It's like this, I'm really excited for the future and like what I can, um, what I'll come across in my understanding for myself and also Filipino um, culture and it in the mainland in the U.S. and also in the like mainland, um, mainland Philippines. Cause I'm 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 super far away from that. No, honestly, um, just taking that leap and just sharing your story here on the podcast is one big step. And if I may ask, because I don't think I asked this yet, but your is your parents both Ilocano or they're half Tagalog, half Ilocano? My parents are both Ilocano. They both. My mom is from Luwag, and my dad is from. Or my dad is from Luwag and my mom is from Pasukan. Have, have you visited the Philippines before or went back to just see? I did. Um, I visited the Philippines when I was very young, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And I don't really fully remember. I, cause I was like under four years old or I think I spent my fourth birthday in the Philippines. Before my four years old birthday there, I had spent it and I had gone to the Philippines once, but like as a really young child, not even like maybe barely one years old. And then the third time I had gone was in 2015. And that was the last time I had been there. Um, I had gone because my high school had, um, they had a mission trip. And the person who was in charge of that mission trip was Mr. Delgado, he was, he was like, I have a place, a house in the Philippines that we can stay at and we can also visit and donate things to, to orphanages um, while we're there. Yeah, that, that was the last trip. We had gone to donate some supplies that my school had collected and like maybe we could have just sent it through a block but um, we had decided like okay maybe let's just make it a whole 
spring break trip and like yeah that was the last time I went and just from the experience of visiting Philippines do you wish to go back again but to have like the full immersion experience and really trying to understand your Ilocano side um yeah I want to go back again because although I did go much older I didn't have the appreciation I had for my identity as much as I do now. So I'd like to go with the mindset I have now. And also, I had been surrounded by... Right, I'm going to close the door. No, no problem. At that time of the day where dogs, like, people are walking and dogs, like, barking at other dogs. But um, I had gone also with with in a bubble too because i had gone with english speakers and we didn't like speak ilocano and like our or tagalog and our um our agenda wasn't to enrich ourselves in the culture it was more of like a like we're helping and this is a place to help and like and if, if we yeah. yeah and if you had like the opportunity like the ilocos immersion trip for uh, for the Templar organization, would you take this leap and go? I would. If financially I'm okay and um, I would go. I think that seems like a um, interesting idea to fancy or entertain. And I guess my next question for you is that I think you mentioned it kind of like briefly, but I kind of want to know more about what else do you want to learn about the Ilocano language slash culture and the Filipino culture overall? I think overall, I'd like to just understand more of the Filipino culture in terms of like the, the um, art art side of it like art the art history because i learn more through like art because i think like art yeah i just want to know like to like learn the dances and um kind of get immersed in um because i do identify as like a queer person part of that like yeah I don't, I want to know more about individuals who in the Philippines as well as in America and in Hawaii to like bring it more specific to me because it always feels good to like watch or like witness something that's so close to you that you can kind of just take and run with and like use it in your life as well. Like I don't know if you're watching, a sh- not to like go off topic again, but like I don't know if you're watching a show and like in the first five seconds you're like no one in the show is like me I'm not watching this show um like this is tired this is boring I'm leaving it but but yeah overall I'd like to learn more about how um individuals who were part or are part or yeah individuals who identified as LGBTQ plus um how they would I uh kind of like navigate their lives being Filipino um, slash um, 
um, what kind of art did they make and why did they make it? Um, and also just like focus on not only the struggles that um, came with colonization and um, just like war the Philippines or like wars that the Philippines has been part of. Um, Not only like focusing on the violence that um, kind of is a big, like huge eventful violence events. Not only focus on that, but focus on like violence that happens over long periods of time, like um, the oppression that comes with being both identifying as LGBTQ and Filipino. Um, Like, and I, there's just a, this whole, like, I'm on Twitter. Um, I don't know if I'm being, like, I'm so sorry if I'm, like, always off topic, but I'm on Twitter and I follow these Twitter accounts of um, young young people in the Philippines and um, only starting to kind of, like, info. Oh, so I guess. Yeah, so I also just don't want to learn about um, the, because even just the way that I I learn about my own American, like the news and stuff like that is through social media and it's through like memes. And it's just through like young people making fun of whatever is happening in like a way that is very, I mean, it's, satire I guess you could like meme meme culture is satire but but yeah I learned a lot about my own culture through social media I guess is what I'm trying to say and I think a lot of I'm kind of doing right now or slowly have been getting um found myself like looking at it now I, um, I'm like oh I'm actually involved with um, people who are young men who tweet about the social climate political climate in, um, in the Philippines <clears throat> and, I, and they like tweet in English and they're like speaking in tag- Taglish they're, like, they, they like yeah. tweet in Taglish sometimes sometimes they just tweet in English and I'm like oh my gosh this is where I need to be. Like, this is how I'm going to learn. Like, because learning, I don't even really like learning. Like, sometimes some things you... Yeah, so I don't really learn well. And it might just be like some undiagnosed, like, like undiagnosed ADHD or something. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. But I don't really learn well sitting down and like, especially with, with topics that are perceived to me as something that could be hard and could be hard for me to understand. I don't learn while just sitting and like, I don't know, YouTubing like, and watching documentaries and stuff like that. Like if it's bite-sized and it's in a tweet and it's someone being like, Aus Duerte, then it's, I'll be like, oh, I'm learning something. Like it, although it's 
only like two. It, it took two seconds of my time. Like that's my favorite type of learning. Yeah. Um, and something that I can like think about, and build on more, and blah blah blah. But um, yeah, I follow these accounts, and they're like of. And I say accounts, and I'm, and I'm just like talking about like three or four. Uh, maybe like less than ten, more than five Twitter accounts of um, men LGBTQI. <laughs> I just like keep men in the Philippines who yeah. um, kind of just tweet about their lives and also just whatever. And um, yeah, I want to learn from that perspective because that is my perspective to begin with. Um, instead of having to like, yeah. So in general, just like live at the, the same time as these people are living, and to witness them at the same time. Instead of just like looking at history um, as like something that happened long time ago, or like looking at tradition as something that happened is only because tradition looking at tradition like it's just like a huge thing to like it's a huge thing but tradition is like all these little things and all like like it's yeah in general what do I want to learn but I think just you gravitate more towards the art history, um, especially how we are the digital in the digital age. Um, it's so easy to learn when we see things on social media, and I love that you mentioned that because there's so much accounts that, for you that I feel like I can give you to um, a follow. So there's this account called growing up Pinoy on Instagram and Twitter and they have a podcast and they talk about stories and topics that we Filipino go through and I feel like for you I feel like you'll really love them because they have um, their, their, their age range is literally um, the same as us and they really um, connect with the viewers really well and if you don't if you're like after this podcast you want to listen to them like i suggest you listening to the very first episode i feel like i feel like you'll really um gravitate to them um they have really good dynamics going on yeah i just wrote that down i'm gonna go check them out I, and i love podcasts that's i'm definitely gonna just like wash some clothes and like listen to yeah there's a lot of what is your advice to the next generation? Um, I think, so my advice for the next generation is, uh, it would, you got to like listen to your elders. Um, because they know, they actually do know. Like, I, I know how it feels like to feel like a teenager and be like, because they're dumb, like you just don't know anything, so bad, whatever. But like, they're, they're really wise and they're telling, giving you all this advice for a reason. But also, don't be afraid to experiment because that's just how you're gonna grow. Um, 
and in terms of growth, grow in all the ways that make feels natural to you. Because you always have the advice that you you went against if you did go against it that you can always refer to when you need help in times where when you need help. So yeah, that's my my advice. Not sold around because that's so that's so valuable to know. Well, if you could tell yourself something important advice when you were twelve years old, what would be that thing you would tell um, little Ray? My advice to little Ray would just to. Um, lose your shame as fast as possible because it's it's a whole new world outside of the shame box. Like you really start to operate differently when you're not ashamed. Um, like oh my gosh, like those aunties who at parties are just like gossiping and like. Being like you know, dirty on the low, like being like, Kalani, you're getting like chubby. It's like they're living their lives. Like there's no shame behind that. They're just being like, you're you're chubby, and and although that like is kind of damaging, <laughs> um, for for uh, Filipino youths, mm-hmm. I think taking what they can take away from that. They ever experience it is that like if they're living their lives and doing little things like that, then you can live your life too. Not to like, but don't but don't live your life like bringing people down. And, and obviously that a lot of like catty behavior like that it isn't um, supposed to bring you down. It's like it comes from a place of like love and also just observation. Like they're just they're paying attention to you and that and like. No, I like when you mentioned that because uh, last season, some one of the guests she um, emphasized this a lot, especially when you're learning about your culture. It's important to also love yourself first because that's where everything starts. When you really love yourself and know what you want, you'll be able to filter out many of the negativities that our culture goes through especially under youth because they're the most vulnerable ones um, we don't like a lot of our elders they try to like any one little comment they give us it, it hurts us so it all starts of loving ourselves it's like when you grow you help them grow mm-hmm. like when you aren't ashamed and you start like normalizing your behavior around them they they'll that'll give them something to think about and help them grow as well that it's like a symbiote like young people need old people old people need young people so i always like and i i just don't like the culture sometimes where it's like old people are always right like no just like listen hear me out so that's that's why that my advice is like take their advice but just experiment with with that like listen to what they have to say and if what they have to say can be outdated um, take it like a grain of salt 
So I have to say that I enjoyed talking stories with you and learning about yourself. Um, I really believe that you have so much more for you, especially because you're you're going in the right place. I know that. Um. Thank you. Yeah. Like this was so much fun, and I'm sorry, like I couldn't ever. Um, there's like some parts of this conversation where I just didn't shut up, but like. No, it's we're fine. Marching, you know, and like yeah. you're the last. You're like the most. You gave me an opportunity to talk, so I'm like, okay, we're gonna talk. This is all you. About all, me. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about you. Yeah. It's eighty percent me. Eighty percent you. Twenty percent me. That. Yeah. And I mean, you know, as like a Filipino kid who's like um, given every party the chance to sing at a karaoke, like obviously I have to take this opportunity to talk about myself. No questions, I guess. I guess I don't have really much questions because I feel like if I ask you a question, I'll just keep or like this will keep going. I can I'll ask you like questions later or like I'll keep, can let's keep in touch. Yes, that's definitely yeah. well. You know, since you don't have any question, let me end it with my last two question, which is, what is your favorite Filipino food slash dish, um, Ilocano dish? Um, my favorite Filipino food is, uh, for a long time it was turong, like the eggplant, and uh, adobo. Like as a kid, I always like adobo. Like all those other scary foods that seemed scary to me weren't always my favorite, but I don't mind them now. But those were always kind of like my favorite. Um, and also that little salad—I don't know what it's called. I feel so whitewashed, but like the patis and tomatis and onion salad, my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I like that. Just goes really good with. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but then like I don't know. I don't know most of the names. I'm just like, okay, I, it, it tastes good. I like it. Kind of the thing. Yeah, if they get a potluck, you'll 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 grab it. So the last question I have for you before we sign off is, what is your favorite Filipino word? And since we're in Ilocano, what is your favorite Ilocano word? Um, my favorite Filipino word, my my favorite would be bangsit, because <laughs> it's just so funny. Like you can just, it's just an easy joke. It you is. Just say bangsit, and everyone will like crack up. Um, and, and we'll, you can easily confuse non-Filipino. Yeah, like bangsit, like um. So in English, that is translated yeah. to "you are amazing." I'm just joking. No, it's not. It means you need to take a bath if someone said that. Or no bangsit makal. So let me teach you. It smells so good. Is that what like as a joke? Like someone speaking English is like bangsit. They're like you're using it correctly, but they actually like are offending everybody. Yeah. Um, I can tell you like my word that I don't like. Yeah, what is the word that you don't like? I don't like uh, sa 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 dot, like sa. 
Sasadot? Like lazy. Sasadot, yeah. I feel like that word's always thrown around. And the, I'm like, root, the root word is mean? actually Sadot. Sadot is lazy. Oh, Sadot. Um, Nasadot is um, adjective, so they're describing you. And then, Nakasadsadot is you're very, you're very lazy. I think, like, I'm just getting lost in translation there. Like, I know it means lazy, but, like, semantically, I feel like it means different, something different to them. I think it, like, lazy is such an easy word, but I feel yeah. like sadut is, hurts more. Like, I, like, lazy is just, like, if they say lazy, I'm like, okay, I'm lazy. But if they say sadut, I'm like, ouch. Are you uh, joking? <laughs> like, like, the Ilocano is more... Like, they could just even just say it while they're washing dishes, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go to my room, don't talk to me. Or like, oh, don't yeah. knock on my door because I'm hurt. Yeah, I would, I would totally feel the same way too. Like, you're doing, you're just, you're tired, and your parents start calling you, oh, nakasadsadot ka, then you kind of get like that. Why are you saying that to me? I just want to yeah. rest. Like, I know I'm, yeah, like, I know I'm, like, obviously check my privilege like i maybe i did just come out of a classroom and maybe i was just sitting down and like whatever but when i get home i want to take a little nap you know yeah there was this one uh tiktok on i shared it on my instagram but you when your parents wants to sleep versus when you want to sleep they think you're lazy instead and you just want to rest because you had a long day and they just call you sadot. That is something that I have to look at. Like, there's also the TikTok universe of um, Filipinos that I don't really know a lot about. Yeah. So I might just go on TikTok and like... Just search Filipino... Sub- little... Filipino... TikTok and then there's a lot of they do they they do a lot of um meme on a lot of the subcultures that we have and I was like yeah memes are memes are hard to understand that might that'll help me grow I'll be like oh do you actually have a Facebook because there's a page on Facebook called subtle Filipino treats and I feel like this would be a great start for you to like um, wander into the Filipino traits. I do. I have a Facebook. Oh, you do? is this you, Ray Pasqual? Lives in LA, California. Oh yeah, I didn't change it because I haven't been on Facebook. Like I feel like Facebook just was overcome by everybody that is older than me people that I don't really know anything about so that's why I'm like my new Facebook is Twitter oh that's so true that's the where everyone goes Twitter if you want to know anything um shout out to all the ancestors thank you um and shout out to all the young people making a change thank you and that wraps up for season 2 on reclaiming Filipino identity 
Thank you guys for supporting my podcast. If you can, go on the link below anchor.fm slash support and you can donate $1, $5 on my anchor. Thank you guys. I will continue to create more content for you guys and to help spread our Filipino diaspora and to help redefine our heritage. As always, stay safe and have a great quarantine-ish day. Bye!